0: there's ever one topic uh, that we probably cover Once or twice a week, it's housing. It is the number one issue, along with affordability. It's all interconnected. That uh, is the issue for Metro Vancouver uh, residents, but also throughout this province. I just had the housing minister on the other day. Well, today, BC United leader Kevin Falcon uh, introduced his housing platform. Uh, And within that, he says if elected uh, as the premier of this province, he would eliminate the PST on residential construction, launch a government subsidized rent-to-own program, and many other uh, uh, programs within the United to Fix Housing Plan that he introduced. He joins us now in studio. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jess. Lots to talk about here. Let's go through some of these uh, announcements you made today. Number one, rent to own program to unlock home ownership. How would that work?
1: So the biggest challenge that uh, first time buyers face is saving up the down payment. How on earth are they going to save up seventy five or one hundred thousand dollars for a down payment? Mm-hmm. And so what I did is we came up with a program that said, okay, well, let's do something where we will allow a situation where we say to the development community, we want you to put aside 15% of all the new, you know, housing units that you're building available for this rent-to-own program. And the way the rent-to-own would work is that um, a young couple, say, wants to buy a unit, a condo in a building. They can buy that condo. They essentially have a three-year close, meaning that they They own it, they have a contract, they settle on the purchase price, but they live in it, renting, paying rent, market rent for mm-hmm. three years so let 's call it three thousand a month for a couple uh, that 's an average you know one bedroom rent in vancouver it 's a good number to use so over three years, they pay their three thousand dollars a month instead of paying to a landlord somewhere, every nickel of it goes towards their down payment, and so over three years that 's one hundred and twelve thousand dollars that they will have available when the unit closes so that they've got their down payment. So the idea is to find a way to help ease uh, the access to ownership for young couples, especially, uh, and first time buyers to make sure that they've got an ability to transfer Uh, transform the rent into down payments. And so that would be working with developers in this case. Has that been done before? It has actually. Well, interestingly in the past company I I worked for Anthem, we had to do that in a project. And the problem is it's very not financially sensible for a lot of companies to be able to do that. Um, and, And so in, a couple of rare occasions it's been done. Anthem did one project. There's Kush Panach, actually, the, a fellow out in Port Moody, a developer, a family developer that built a project and took some of those units and made them into rent own, and it worked out fantastic for the purchasers there. They're thrilled to death. Uh, but it's just it's, it's really difficult for developers to do on their own. And so what I wanted to do is say, look, we could scale this. Like instead of having some big complex government program where people have to apply and there's all those government mm-hmm. bureaucrats involved, let's do something that's simple, straightforward, easy to get the development community on board. You just have to make them whole for the carrying cost of, of doing it. Uh, and that's a way that we get people into housing. So government
0: can... Uh- keep the developers whole in regards to doing this. That's right. The the, the financial concerns, whatever they may be, the liabilities, government can take care of that. That's
1: right. That's the one thing that we as a government have is we've got a good balance sheet. Uh, Even after the spending that we've seen under the NDP for the seven years, Mm -hmm. uh, even with all the deficits and doubling of the debt, we still have fortunately a a reasonable financial position because as a former BC Liberal government, we got things back into a AAA credit rating. And so while we've lost some of that, we've had a bit of a credit downgrade, Mm -hmm. we're still in pretty strong shape. So we can use that balance sheet to, to, to essentially provide that, uh, that guarantee to allow that to happen and work with developers to uh, get young people into housing.
0: We did talk to the Business Council of BC uh, earlier in this show in regards to their report that came out and some of the challenges ahead for the economy. Uh, but let's talk uh, back to housing just for a moment here. Uh, you also said you want to eliminate the property transfer tax of up to a million dollars.
1: Uh, why is that? Because, you know, first time buyers shouldn't have to be penalized when they're already struggling to come up with a down payment and your legal fees and closing costs. Why on earth? is the province of British Columbia saying, we're now going to ding you up to another $18,000, uh, which is very difficult to get. Uh, you can't finance it. That means it's good, just you know dead cash that you've got to find somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard. So we're saying, look, if you're a first-time buyer, you shouldn't have to be paying that penalty. So we're going to get rid of it for first-time buyers up to a million dollars of property value.
0: Because right now, is it half a million? Is it? Half? Yeah, they, there is a so... program
1: for half a million, but yeah, this, this makes it uh, much cleaner and clearer and, and is more realistic. Right now, if you look for homes under half a million dollars yeah. in vancouver you might find uh you know maybe 40 you yeah. know it, like it's really really tough
0: now you also want to eliminate psd on residential construction t- so you can build more homes uh, doesn't the government take a bit of a hit there a significant hit
1: sure of course it does but you know one of the things i've been saying to the ndp you know for the last frankly last well, almost two years that i've been leader of the opposition is i keep trying to tell them if you want more affordable housing. You have to make it less expensive. You cannot just keep adding all these taxes and costs and delays and regulatory requirements and new environmental requirements and all this stuff and expect it to get cheaper. They still do not understand this. In fact, just a couple of days ago, David Eby said, actually, our solution is government should get into building housing. Well, God help us. Because if you saw what happened over at the you know, the, the Crown agency responsible for housing called BC Housing, mm-hmm. we unearthed those uh, you know, audit reports that just showed that there was massive misspending taking place, there was contracts being let without proper due diligence, there was no paper trail in some of the agreements that were being done, there was conflicts of interest. And even David Eby as the housing minister responsible at that time had to fire the entire NDP appointed board. Mm-hmm. It was so incompetent. So I I don't like the idea of saying government's going to be a solution to this problem. But what we can do is we can do things like take away costs that add to the cost of construction. So provincial sales tax, uh, you have to understand almost everything that goes into housing attracts the provincial sales tax. So if you're building, uh, I don't know, say a 350-unit apartment building, you're going to be looking at well over $2 million of just PST costs in that rental building. And that all those costs get passed along in the form of the rents that are going to be mm-hmm. charged. So mm-hmm. we've got to start making things less expensive. Uh, the other one you've talked about
0: is using public lands to build affordable housing. Um, how much of an impact can that have? I know Pierre Paulie was sitting exactly where you were sitting last Friday. He talked about that as well. How much of an impact does this really have? And I mean, in regards to available public land we can actually allow for
1: building? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, don't even take my word for it. I'll give you an example. Um, the UBC Properties Trust uh, it was started and chaired by Bob Lee, uh, God bless him, an unbelievable British Columbian. Mm-hmm. And Bob had the vision to say, you know what, let's actually – some of this land we'll put on 99-year leases – And what they did is they actually sold some of that land to developers to create housing because they needed housing at UBC. They took the proceeds and they put that into low-cost faculty housing and student housing so that they made affordable student housing. But all of it was done on 99-year leases so that at the end of those 99 years it reverts back, the ownership reverts back to, you know, the province. Yeah. And, and or in this case, UBC. And that is the way that we want to go too. So what I'm saying is let's identify government lands. We say to the developers or not-for-profits, look, you get this land at a buck a year on a 99-year lease – in return we want you to build below market rental housing so that the rents are going to be below market so that our middle class you know first responders whether it's police officers firefighters paramedics uh, nurses or or baristas or whatever the case may be can actually afford to live in the lower mainland and the only way we're going to do that is make the land costs cheap and require the developers or the not for profits Uh, to, uh, you know, build stuff that's going to be below market rent. I'm very
0: curious, uh, Mr. Falcon, um, the BC NDP government announced a pretty significant housing plan in the fall. And, you know, four to six uh, units on a a lot, significant changes if they do go forward. And some have said probably one of the most far-reaching policies uh, announced by any government in a very long time. Curious to see... you, to hear your thinking on that is it, 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 Now, I mean, you've talked a little bit about it, but what do you think of the, some of the things that the, they introduced in the
1: fall? Okay, so I want to try and be fair here. Yeah. Uh, but with the greatest res- respect, I think we have to look and recognize that after over seven years of this government... The results we've ended up with are the highest housing prices in North America Mm -hmm. and the highest average rents in Canada. Okay, so that's not a good result. Now, their previous housing program that they announced back in 2017, which I'm sure got a lot of young people voting for them, uh, was called the Housing Hub. We called it the housing flub. And the reason we called it that is that they committed to build 114,000 affordable homes in 10 years. I was in the private sector at the time when they did that, actually in the housing business. And everyone in the private sector looked at that and said, that's absurd. There's no way government's going to build that kind of housing. And of course they didn't. Here we are, you know, almost eight years into their 10-year plan. They ended up building sixteen thousand units, a fraction of what they promised. so I, that context I think is really important. but the stuff that they 've introduced in year seven of their of their um, uh, time in office mm-hmm. uh, some of it 's good the, the transit oriented density around transit station totally makes sense i 've been talking about that for a year and a half. I frankly think they stole my idea, and that 's good because they 're putting a good idea to work, get you know density around the transit stations. They're built, turning every single family lot into four units makes no sense. I can tell you right now, for most communities, it won't make a lot of sense. Think of Surrey, for example. Mm -hmm. You know Surrey quite well, as do I. Uh, Surrey, one of the things that Surrey has been trying to do over the years is to stop the sprawl of growth and and start concentrating growth around transit corridors, et cetera. That's what city center is all about. So the problem is the NDP just upended that table now and said, now we're going to make every single family lot a potential four units. And the reason why that won't happen anyhow is when you take a single-family home and you want to upgrade it to four units, you're going to have to upgrade, in most cases, the sewer, the water, power. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive. Who's going to pay for it? They haven't thought that through because none of them come from a housing development background. And I think it's frankly not going to result in the outcomes they expect.
0: And, and, but have other communities tried this? The, the, yes. The,
1: they have. And, and, and so. how and how have things turned out? It didn't turn out very well. And California's had that in place now for almost two years, and they've had very little take-up uh, for some of the reasons that I just talked about. Uh, New Zealand, they tried it. They saw property values increase, which is not necessarily a good thing, uh, but they didn't see the big take-up in housing that they were hoping to see. So, uh, again, I just think it's important for the public to understand whenever politicians come up with a, a, a simple suggestion to a complex problem, it's usually wrong. Mm -hmm. So the idea that they're going to just, you know, wave a wand and suddenly we're going to fix the housing crisis, um, frankly, is not realistic. What do you say to the argument some have made that look, under
0: the BC Liberals, uh, public land was sold. And I think they use the example on Canby specifically where uh, there was some social housing, it's gone, but they were hoping to, uh, a developer would come along and build, but that land still sits empty. Mm-hmm. I think that was one example that they gave. What do you say to that argument?
1: Well, first of all, I think in that case some criticism is appropriate because I wasn't there when that deal was signed in twenty thirteen. I'd retired from public life in twenty twelve. But the but the point is um, there should have been more requirement to make sure that that housing gets started and there's clear timelines for when the construction should begin. But I also understand and the big part of that problem was also the city of Vancouver, because mm-hmm. the city of Vancouver is weighing in and saying we want these community amenity contributions and all these new taxes and costs. And that you know the developers like, wait a minute, we you know we're not going to do that because that's going to make it uneconomic. So there was a you know sort of a standoff, and that delayed things for years too. Enough blame to go around, to accept that. But the one they usually uh, go after me, the NDP, go after me for is is a site that they called a hospital site in Surrey. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, here's the irony. First of all, the NDP just two days ago have basically endorsed what I've said. Take government land, turn it into housing. In that case, that was surplus land. The health authority said we're not going to build a hospital there. It's not a good location. It's too close to the uh, Surrey Memorial Hospital. So what did we do as a government? We did sell that land. And what's there now? Over 300 units of housing, including market rentals and including some commercial uh, you know stores and stuff that feed a lot of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So and those, by the way, were being sold in the four hundred thousand dollar range. So that was affordable housing, getting people into housing, you go talk to people that live there now and they'll say, thank God that happened. It's no different than what we're calling for now on government land, but we're saying 99 year leases and it'd be market rental. That's the key difference.
0: When I listen to elected officials, um, no matter what political background they're at, in some ways even when I listen to Premier Eby, Uh, his policies and his conversation speak to working around municipalities because I think there's some frustration there. Pierre Paglia was sitting exactly where you were sitting, and I was listening to him uh, last week, and same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. How much of this do you lay at the feet of the municipal governments? Uh, Ryan Beatty was sitting exactly where you were sitting yesterday. He was a very much active. We were talking about his family's uh, business, but he was very much a statesman in regards to how he responded. Uh, But... There is so much there, it seems to me there 's a frustration with municipalities and how they are a significant part of the bottleneck. Do you buy that
1: absolutely absolutely because look, I spent ten years in the business now i, I didn 't work, I worked at a company called anthem properties i didn 't work on the development side, I was more on the finance side, but mm-hmm. I would always hear from the development group about the challenges they were facing. It is not unusual to take a project that takes five to six years to get through the municipal bureaucracies in the lower mainland. Some are worse than others. Some are better than others. Uh, a lot of mayors are trying to do good things. Richard Stewart, uh, you know, Mayor Hurley and Burnaby, the mayor of Surrey, etc. Uh, even in Vancouver, they're trying to turn around what has been one of the most difficult places to get things built. But the bottom line is we have to do better. And the reason we have to do better and force the municipalities to do better is because time is money and, and delays isn't something the developer pays for. I can assure you it all gets passed along to the end user. And so too with costs. When government introduces a blizzard of new taxes on housing, mm-hmm. I guarantee you it all gets passed along to the end user. So we have to understand if we, want, if we want housing to be more affordable, you have to make it less expensive. That means you've got to be faster in turning around permits both the municipal level and, frankly, the provincial level, because the province of BC, it's gotten very, very bad, as a lot of the mayors pointed out to EB. They said, you're part of the problem. The problem was, his solution was, okay, I acknowledge we are bad, we're not getting permits out, so we're going to hire another 200 bureaucrats to tell the existing bureaucrats how they need to move things faster. Well, i tell you, that's not how it works. You actually have to streamline the existing processes, put timeline guarantees in, and make sure those permits get issued. Kevin Falcon, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me.